Hello, everybody. We're back for part two of Ted Lasso season finale or series finale, uh, episode 12 called So Long, Farewell. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. We have Higgins and his wife has returned. She's lovely. And mm -hmm. also Barb is in the stands. And Barb loves rugby because of the blood. Not a big soccer <laughs> fan. I appreciate that. Did you see Barb was trying to give Rebecca a high five? Like she had I her hand out the whole that, time. No. And Rebecca just kind of like waves, but then immediately puts her hand down. It was great. Oh, that's funny. Love that's Barb. funny. In the locker room, Will delivers Zava's gift. Mm. Zava Speaking didn't of come shirts. back. Of all, the, of all the actors and actresses not to bring back, why not, why not Zava? Why not? He technically made an appearance. In this episode, I will let you know at the end of the episode, but he does make a an appearance. All right, all right. Well, his gift is uh, specially made T-shirts and a giant <laughs> avocado. <laughs> Holy guacamole! Holy guacamole! Yeah, to hear a British person say guacamole is a pretty good time. <laughs> and the message from Zava is, "I am always inside you," which <laughs> is Probably. not at all disturbing. Um, <laughs> I loved it. In fact, I know I've talked about all the tattoos, the tattoos. <laughs> That's how you say that word. I will it's be getting tattoos. from this show. But the main tattoo I shall be getting is I am always inside you, Zava. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm going to have to explain that one in 20 years. Well, listen, guys, <laughs> there was this show. It ran for three seasons, and then there were like five spinoffs. And Kramer was in one. Anyways... Danny and Van Damme have a moment. Danny gives him a very lovely gift. And Tom, I feel like you were on this corner very early. I I'm going to mm. give this one to you. You can pull out the old finger guns or pull out the old rapier sword uh, because that would be more in style with this. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Zorro. What letter did you just make? Uh, it was a T. For Tom? Yeah, but I did three, three lines. So I don't think that really <laughs> I underlined it. I underlined it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a sideways H? Horo? Who is this no, guy? No, no, no. There, there's a space. It's, it's oh, a clear space. A space. All right. That's a messed up H. <laughs> Anyways, it's a new Black Zorro mask, which I don't mm -hmm. know. I loved this. I did. Uh, you did a great job pointing this out. And when this hit, I laughed so hard. And it's the, like, you know, the inverse of Zorro uh, introducing himself to Ted, what, in season two or one, where he's like, oh, yeah, it's Zorro. And he pronounces it the other way. And now he's flipping it because he wants to go by the actual masked vigilante of Zorro. It was yeah. brilliant. Yep. Uh, Antonio Banderas, we miss you. We hope you get well mm. and come back. Wait, he's sick? I don't know. I assume so. Otherwise, <laughs> why hasn't he done 12 Zorro movies? I assume the only thing holding him back is sickness. I think his uh, Zorro movies are Puss in Boots at this point. Oh, that's right. That's right. He just moved into the uh, digital space, I believe, mm -hmm. is what they're talking mm -hmm. about. The crypto yeah. of movies. <laughs> that makes sense. Beard puts together an inspirational video, a look back. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I remember yearbook class. <laughs> but um, how did you feel about the old uh, a look back by Willis Beard? I feel like this is a classic movie, or not movie, but show thing where they want to give you all the major beats and like emotional moments with all these players. And it was very well executed by Beard. So he maybe has a side career in video editing. 
Uh, but I love the idea of this like Ed Sheeran song coming in. And apparently, I looked this up. This is an original song that Ed Sheeran wrote for like the show. It's called A Beautiful Game. And I've got oh, some really? lyrics on it that we can talk about at the end of the episode. But yeah, it was an original and it was a, a very, very pretty song. I did not know it was an original. I assumed most of Ed Sheeran's songs are about the game of soccer. Um, <laughs> so, but no, it was lovely. The whole team is weeping before the game, which was very, <laughs> very funny. And the, uh, it was great to have the announcers do their announcer thing. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting strategy. One talks about crying, the other talks about what, vomiting or something? He's like, is it typical to... to cry before game? He's like, no, that's <laughs> typically reserved for nervous vomiting. Uh, yeah no that was all all very funny and as they pan down the team the the coaches are not crying Mm -hmm. and then we get to roy and roy is weeping (laughs) you smashed it it's just a beard oh it's so good it's so good we're at game time we get a flash of dr sharon she's watching the game and very quickly uh west ham scores Mm-hmm. And then they quickly score uh, again. And at the same time, we get... Because you said all these games are played at the exact same time, correct? Mm-hmm. To have a... So, yeah. This is a very common thing here where fans are always like in the stands staring at their phones where you kind of hear like sighs and things like that of fans needing some other team to win, lose, or do something else. So it was very poignant here. But yeah, Man City scores and... They're kind of down a bit. And this is, I think, the only real mention we get of the other Man City game. Tom, you point out that, like, all the games being played at the same time is a unique thing for this or it's a smart thing. I want to point out that here in America, football, our final games, the Super Bowl, they are all played at the same time. So you don't know who's winning because all Super Bowls are played at the same time. So I don't Hmm, think that is unique just to soccer. Hmm. I learned one thing about football. You're welcome. It's been eight years since we started this podcast, and you've learned one thing. So congratulations. You're lasso level 10. Fire off the... Oh, and the announcement when someone reaches lasso level 10 is finger guns. So uh, you're well... There it is. And you get to slash your initial in sword. Go ahead. I'm glad there was a third one again. I hesitated. <laughs> well, you wanted the, you wanted there to be a gap as you <laughs> underlined the T. I know what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, so once, so once West Ham went up two scores. I mean, I don't think this is a thing I should get internet points for. But I was like, oh, Richmond's going to win this game. There's no right. way they. I mean, they put them up two scores which i understand is a lot in soccer but i just i was like oh richmond's gonna win this is gonna work out we're ready for a locker room halftime speech Mm. and boy do we get a speech and that speech starts with shut your butts and sit your mouths down which was (laughs) awesome that's like something i would do i mix up those things all the time Butts and mouths? You mix butts and mouths up all the time? <laughs> Just phrases and sayings. Okay. I'm, I'm not great with that's words. That's specific to butts and mouths. Okay, good, good, good. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, only at meals. Only at <laughs> meals. All right. So, Ted gives a speech. And I want to point out, I have always said sports movie speeches are difficult because we've heard them all before. But mm-hmm. I thought this one was very well done. No one's winning an Oscar here for writing. But 
And that's not a criticism. That is just, I thought it did its job in this moment, mm -hmm. which is, mm -hmm. hey, we need to go out there, do our best. Then we have the peace of mind that that's, you know, we left it all on the field. Mm -hmm. And then this is where this episode got me, Tom. Mm -hmm. This is where I wept like Roy on the field <laughs> after watching the uh, montage video, which is Sam pulls out a piece of his believe sign, which he has been keeping. And Jamie goes to the book that Ted gave them in season <laughs> one. And he uh, hasn't gotten very far in that book because he's using the belief <laughs> sign as a bookmark. But he does have that book, which I believe he threw in the trash, but someone pulled it out in that episode, if I'm not mistaken. Did you like this yeah. moment? They all kept yeah. the peace. It was beautiful because I think what we had... Ted mentions when he talked to Nate, like, oh, yeah, I ripped it two times, so, you know, it's not a big deal. But then the idea that when Ted left that scene and all the rest of these guys are in the locker room and see this ripped up sign, their decision was to rip this thing up a bunch of times so everybody gets a piece. So I love the idea of this team doing something kind of like a bonding moment to say, okay, coach doesn't want to put up the sign because, you know, he still believes in the idea of believe, but he was trying to get us past it. These guys are like, no, like this is still like us, the sign means so much to us and every player kind of like hiding it in different spots. Like Colin had it in his shin guard. Uh, McAdoo, I think, had it in his captain's band, which is a bold place to put it. Sure. But it was it was beautiful and I loved everybody coming in. I do have to say, I felt like when they all put it down and then they had a little beat where they're going to start putting the puzzle pieces together, I'm like, uh-oh, something's going to be missing somewhere. <laughs> I thought they were going to get into an argument because if you've ever done a puzzle with a group of people, it can sometimes <laughs> devolve into an argument. But really what they were doing is giving us the beat where Ted and Nate can look at each other from across mm -hmm. the team and be mm -hmm. like, oh, what was broken is being put de back together, mm -hmm. just like Aragorn's sword. Anyways, <laughs> I honestly, Tom, this is why you're here. Someone mentioned something about, well, I guess that's number four. And I was like, what? Number four? I don't understand. We were quite a few episodes removed from this, but this was the idea that I think when... Trent kind of he confronted Ted earlier about this and about what number four was or whatever but this is Ted when he was trying to introduce his version of total football like the quote-unquote lasso way we had conditioning versatility awareness and then now we are officially getting four which he kind of hid to himself I guess but you know four being believe here so they could have probably done a little bit more because I agree like it took me a half a second to think or remember why he said number four and nobody else kind of batted an eye but yeah it's ultimately his his lasso wave version of total football I thought he was referring to one of the greatest movies of all time I am number four uh, which we all know is one Oof. of the best sci-fi films out there go watch it kids don't write me at Team Binge Podcast at gmail.com <laughs> because I don't want to uh, hear about it. But he does end this speech with everyone putting their hands in, and he's like, you know, they say there's no place like home, which, once again, foreshadowing that I think Ted might be from uh, Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> and he says, but there's no place like Richmond either. And mm -hmm. uh, a lovely, a lovely little moment. No one's crying when they're back out on the pitch for the second half. That's for sure, right? That's a fair point. I would say this is a very emotional bit for the team. I guess they're just more thrilled and excited, but very emotional. And I loved, I loved Tenth Line. I, I agree with you. It's not like huge award-winning speech, but the way it all kind of came together and the idea of 
putting the belief sign back together, which, you know, kind of... Oh, paid off so much. That was so well. Incre- yeah, I, I'm glad we didn't rely on Jason Sud- Not that he can't do it, but mm-hmm. what they did here was beautiful, and uh, it, it certainly made me feel uh, some sort of emotion. I can't tell you which one, because I don't Fear. know what they all are. Yeah, it was a fear or arousal. I'm not sure which one. Um, arousal fear. Arousal fear, yes. Fear arousal. Fear arousal. Um, but we have this lovely moment where uh, Tart uh, scores a goal. I think this is the one where it like bounces off of everything, right? They do a, a funny <laughs> sports bit here. Yeah, where they... like all of our mage strikers are getting a shot and it's hitting off a pose, it's hitting off a crossbar and then eventually gets put away by my tart, which is great. He bent it. He bent it like, I'm going to say Beckham. Mm. And then we have a penalty kick, which I thought this moment was funny. And Jamie is the one who goes down. So the person that is fouled on a penalty kick doesn't have to take the penalty kick. Is that no. what I... Anybody can take the, the penalty kick. And I do appreciate that Jamie like even gives like a little wink and a nod that he did a dive here, is just trying to get the, the sure. call. But, yeah. Sure. And I think, yeah, they're like, oh, great great work, Jamie. Played it up <laughs> a little bit. So he hands it off to Danny Rojas, and Danny Rojas then hands it off to Isaac McAdoo, who we find out has never taken a penalty kick in his t- entire career. Because mm-hmm. as we know, on soccer... There are guys on the field that their whole job is just to be tough and yell at each uh, yell at people. So that's what <laughs> Isaac McAdoo does. Uh, I did feel like at a certain point you're just passing the buck. I was like, oh, none of these guys under pressure want to kick this penalty kick, so it just gets delivered to Isaac. But I like what the show did, where they were like, he's never taken one before. Uh, also, they wanted to show us the dog in the helmet so that no <laughs> dogs will die during this scene. <laughs> Hey, Tom, remember they... when they killed that dog in Ted Lasso with a soccer ball? Remember that? They just It was a bold choice. It was a yeah. season one opener or season two opener. Season, season two opener. opener. Man. Wow. Uh, nothing like um, some dog aside to start a TV show. That's for sure. Look how John Wick's gone. You know, spoilers. Sorry for those of you that don't know, but it's the true. dog doesn't those like now. it. Yeah. The I feel like they did preface this a little bit with the idea of uh, Isaac just crushing it literally through the net when he what kicked that corner kick and then it hits and breaks the the window and spills TL over Higgins. Oh, so that's I think right. They've, they've established the idea that he's got a rocket of a foot. Does he ever? Does he ever? But it's not going to help him because he misses. He misses this goal completely. Richmond loses and Rupert wins, <laughs> and that's how the show ends. Is this a thing? Where a soccer ball goes through the net and they think it's a miss because they see it no. hit someone in the stand. Tom, nope. Tom, don't answer too quickly. Let's leave the audience in a little bit of suspense. This is a show, after all. We're trying to entertain our ones of people that listen. The So this has happened often and is a common thing when you kick the ball through a net? No. Awesome. Good. <laughs> That will really pull in the audience. <laughs> everyone just checked their headphones. They were like, is, did my podcast stop working? And by everyone, like I modern, mean our mothers. Modern day football, and it's actually funny because the, the ref in this is Mike Dean, which I think they make reference to. He is a famous English referee, so you'll you'll see him if you're a Premier League fan. 
Um, but the modern day referees have a like watch that they wear, which will like light up red if the ball crosses the plane of the goal. Oh, so they really? have kind of like, yeah, they've like almost like uh, tennis matches and stuff. Like they can challenge the play to see if the ball landed in. They've got similar technology in, in all Premier League games at this point. So the ball has a chip in it. It's not a chip per se. It's just like the cameras are on the goal line. So if the ball crosses the goal line, then their little thing will light red. But I don't know. Sure. Maybe he kicked it too fast and it, it broke the technology. Sure. Okay. The balls have all been chipped. I understand. Do you still have that ball I gave you, right? I think it's in your backyard right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I have to plug it in just so the GPS <laughs> will tell you where it is. Super annoying. Sorry, kids. The ball's got to charge. Anyways... Who take who who takes the soccer ball in the face? I did write in the I did write in the outlaw Rupert Mad, which I think uh, is just a great note by me. Um, mm-hmm. When uh, Isaac scores here, uh, Wings Night, Rupert Mad, <laughs> John's Wings Night uh, takes this ball in the face. He's mm-hmm. bleeding all over the place, and we finally get a reaction from Barb because she's a big combat sports fan and loves mm-hmm. the blood. Love Barb. Love this little bit from Barb. It's great. <laughs> this leads to Rupert entering the pitch with his cape. And I'm going to say he has <laughs> one of those rich person like staves with like a diamond on the end of it. Uh, that he's also a cane, I think uh, the world calls it. <laughs> um, he walks out to uh, Coach Balls and he's like, listen. <laughs> You need to take out Jamie. I'm a villain. The show needs a villain. Villain, villain, villain. And Mm. then they get into a little bit of a tussle where he pokes the balls with his cane (laughs) and that manager falls over. And we have a lovely line from the announcers where they say there are three balls on the field and we get a little bit of blurring, which we appreciate the show. Uh, if you watch the show after 10 p.m., they take the blurring away because that's mm-hmm. when they're allowed to show those kinds of things. So, Correct. Yeah. kids, if you sneak out of your room and watch Ted Lasso after 10 p.m., then they don't censor anything. Just mm-hmm. a little hint. And um, this is great, right? So this is, uh, I, I, I'd call it a callback, but I would argue this is more of a ballback. Uh, incredible. The idea. <laughs> uh, incredible work, Tom. <laughs> Just incredible work. <laughs> But what they gave his did they give his balls like uh, the name he gave them names of some popular British band Liam Liam and I don't know the Oasis guys Liam and Chester I don't know Conan Conan and Liam (laughs) I don't know but great ball back great ball back incredible work Tom just the highlight of my year so far. But this is where we get the uh, the you know the, the crowd chanting the wanker at Rupert, which is, I, I think it's it's poetic in and of itself. Like the idea that Ted, this is what he had to deal with when he kind of first became a Premier League coach, and the idea that the same set of fans that at one point Rupert maybe loved and like loved this club and everything else, like is now getting just berated by these people for you know his actions. I think is. It's kind of nice. I like what they did. I did appreciate it. I did actually like where in two episodes ago, we kind of saw the humanity of Rupert, but I understand what the show is doing in this one. And for those people that just absolutely hate Rupert, I'm sure this paid off uh, Mm -hmm. quite well. Um, But 
he'll always be the vampire hunter to me. So mm-hmm. I hate to see him fall so far. West Can't wait Ham. to see him in the new Blade. <laughs> well, there's all those tax things that Blade's got to figure out before he's allowed to. Anyways, <laughs> let's not digress. There it is again. All right. We. <laughs> West Ham scoring, but, but, guess what, Tom? Number 14 was offside, and who catches mm-hmm. this but one Theodore Lasso. Uh, he points it out to Beard and Roy, which <laughs> Beard then pays him, I don't know, let's <laughs> say five quid. This moment, I almost felt like this was ad-libbed. He holds the cash up to the sun, as if, and Beard very quickly goes, it's not counterfeit. And Ted's like, it's not a reflection on you. <laughs> this is just a, I don't know, that back and forth tickled me to no end. It was wonderful. It was weird. But I love the, the idea here of Ted not knowing what offsides was the entire entirety of the series. And then he right. gets it at the very end with his little chuckle. It was, it was brilliant. See, people can change, Roy. People can mm-hmm. change. This leads to some sort of free kick. And as you mentioned in the last one, Tom, Eagle Eye mm-hmm. Tom... You saw the trick plays on the board. We go to one of the trick plays. Did this one have a name? Yeah, uh, they kind of acted it out like it was the Oscar or best award or something like that. So this is what they call back to when Jamie was the decoy and then they left it in for Sam. I don't remember if this had a name on the board, but they did reference a handful of the others that we, we had read previously. This was season one Nate's play where he makes the recommendation of Jamie being the decoy and then mm-hmm. Trent comes in and he's like, you are going to use your best player as a decoy. And then he like whips his hair around in the wind. <laughs> yeah, that was all season one. But Jamie's mm-hmm. the decoy. Tom, talk us through Jamie's decoy work. <laughs> this, these lines here was so good where he's like screaming for the ball. He's like, pass me the ball. Me, me. I want the ball. Pass me the ball, please. <laughs> so he does the exact impression of Ted when Ted comes onto the field in season one and he goes, no, Jamie, you need to sell that more. And he does, and Ted does Ted. And literally Jamie is doing like almost, it's almost like he watched that video and then did it all again. It was a great callback. His arm motions where he's like the two arms down (laughs) pointing. All of that was in line with what Ted did in in season one. It's, uh, it's great. Sam scores. And they win. Our man Colin gets to kiss his man, uh, Winona Mm, Judd, or Michael, (laughs) I guess is his real name. And we get a wonderful shot of the team surrounding Ted and him doing the old school lasso dance, which we saw (laughs) in the pilot when he won that Division II football championship. And Mm -hmm. so it's a uh, a great callback once again. Can you do that dance, Tom? Tom, you are a dancer. I don't know if people Oof. know this because this is not a visual medium, but Tom can dance. Mm. Um, it's a talent that God did not grace me with um, other than classical ballet, but i that's for me and me alone. Um, Tom, can you do the lasso dance, you think? I don't know. I feel like if I if I had some, some classical training, I could probably figure it out. I still can't floss. I, my body just doesn't figure that, that motion out. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like I can do this little running man jig that he does. Tom, even the old people in Bluey can floss. I think you'll eventually <laughs> be able to figure out flossing. I'll get there. I'd be afraid I'd blow out a knee if I tried the dance that Ted does. But mm. 
From that dance, we go to closing time. <laughs> Anyways, we're at the airport. <gasps> Did we just get Julian singing? Wow, that was a treat. Gonna cut that out. <laughs> uh, so, okay, these headlines for these magazines were just riddled with Easter eggs. Tom, so I, I paused. I, I'm gonna interrupt you and say this. I okay. watched this episode twice. I did not for one second read any of these. So the fact that you went <laughs> through them and wrote them down is your worth to me in this world. I'm sorry, not your total worth, but one of the reasons why I love you. So I'm going to give you the floor. I'm super excited about all of this, and I totally would have missed this had it not been for you. So I would like these to say were... thank you. <laughs> these were great. When I was watching this like the first time through, I was like, trying to look at the headlines and the other like side stories because i knew they would have a couple in there but almost every side story in these articles and, and magazine covers that he's looking at has something for our characters so the first thing we get it's got a picture of uh rupert's assistant and it says lust conquers all welcomes west ham whistleblower so she's now going to go on the lust conquers all show which is what jamie left man city for so a fantastic call there okay so We've the whistleblower is the assistant the whistleblower is not nate <laughs> When I read this in your notes, I was like, oh, Nate's going to Lust Conquers All, which was no. funny to me. But in hindsight, since he's with Jade, doesn't make any sense. But I appreciate this. Continue, sir. You have the floor. Yes. <laughs> the next one is a picture of Bex, and it says, Mannion's X Bex inks book deal on placenta recipes, which is, <laughs> which is a headline. Oh man, so I will be buying that book. I love placenta. <laughs> We've got uh, Zoro Summer Job Keeper to start in Jean Claude Van Damme remake of Escaped Victory. We so... called that. We called <laughs> yeah. that, Tom. We said that Zoro would go do action movies. We called it. Oh, Wait, so how do you pull them out? Where's the safety? Let me let me load them. Let me load them. <laughs> <laughs> Those were my finger guns, Tom. <laughs> so good. Uh, and here's the appearance of Zava. Zava is right on the face, uh, the front cover of one magazine. It says, Zava returns to LAFC, so Los Angeles F uh, Football Club. And his little quote underneath is, they love avocado toast here. Incredible. <laughs> Just incredible. So many layers to that joke. So many layers to L.A. and those West Coast elites in their avocado toast. Uh, well, and incredible. this is who who his character is based off of. Uh, Ibrahimovic is the guy that went to LAFC and I think is currently playing for LAFC. So it is a direct call and they are drawing that correlation oh, that's to, funny. That's funny. to the character, which is fun. Uh, we've got another uh, article cover, and this is Shandy front and center on this article. Um, and it's, uh, it says Shandy Fine brains behind the hottest new dating app and i think it says star effer above with a little like uh, star from the u <laughs> i don't like to see her succeed but that's funny yeah. that is uh -huh. funny and then a small little headline in there says jack danvers is no longer daddy's little girl so again kind of weird and what? i don't know if i understood <laughs> that more context, the idea being please <laughs> Well, she, I think the idea is that she is like a Nepo baby, maybe, and she like got her, you know, she makes all of her money from what her dad had won, not won, but her dad's riches. So I guess she's no longer in dad's good graces because of whatever. 
kind of odd to throw under the bus in this super tiny little Easter egg thing, but I don't know. I guess it's fun. I wasn't a huge Jack fan and how she treated Keeley, so. Tom. But so there you have it. There was all the headlines, and they were uh, gold. gold. This gold, gold. is why you are gumshoe Tom. Incredible work <laughs> looking at the details. Really the Sherlock Holmes of our time. Uh, thank you, sir, for the time and effort you put into that. I would have caught none of those, and that was beautiful work. During this airport scene, we are finally informed that they did not win the Premier League title because Man City won their game. So they mm-hmm. did not take the title. We find that Rebecca uh, has sold 49% to the fans. And so this is Ted going through the gate and running into Rebecca. Yeah, well, I think that is, so I take that back. That is one of the articles that we see, and probably the one that's like, you know, front and center is the idea of Rebecca selling half the team here. Um, and I like it because it's we got a couple lines from, I think it was Rebecca and from Ted with the concept of like, you know, hey, they're just borrowing this team and all that mm-hmm. kind of deal. So the fact that Rebecca is actually giving shares and giving it out to the fans is a lovely gesture. Yep. Speaking of lovely gestures that I didn't need, uh, the Ussie guy showed up. I don't know what <laughs> this is. I don't know why this guy is in this show. I don't know whose son or nephew he is. Um, but the SE guy came back. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give a, a shout out to uh, one of our loyal listeners and friend of the pod, John, who I think had called this in his prediction that the SE guy was going to show back up. And it is like poetic, I guess, to a point because he was in the very first episode in the pilot at the airport wanting to take a selfie, I guess actually on the airplane um, in the pilot. And now he's at the airport. So apparently this guy just spends loads of times at the airport. So I don't, I don't know what he does, but uh, drug meal. funny, funny to he's see He's drug meal, Tom. <laughs> okay he's a drug mule or he sells soap if uh fight club taught me anything those are the Mm. two things that keep you on airports um Mm rebecca is there and they have a moment here and once again i wanted more from this conversation it just seemed very reserved for two people Mm -hmm. that mean a lot to each other I don't know. Maybe it's because they flushed out all the other conversation and they've talked about this all just off camera. Uh, mm-hmm. Essentially, this comes down to a thank you and a thank you. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I wanted more than that. I wanted them to tell each other, you know, what they've meant to each other and uh, how important this all was. But I, I guess I can... I can also appreciate the brevity is the soul of wit. Is that mm-hmm. how the I don't know. Yeah. Was it missing here, Tom? Was there more? I, I digress for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I think we're missing no, I, a digest and digress. I think that's what we've done. No, I think Ted makes the or says something about like, oh, we're going to have a leave cute, which I thought was kind of funny. He makes a little line about her being a soccer mom, but they refer to her as like the club matriarch. So again, they're giving her that like mom reference or being like the club the soccer mom. So right. I, I thought that was kind of good. I, I, in all honesty, kind of liked the simplicity of them just both saying thank you and that super emotional hug and the incredible acting from Hannah Waddingham here with your eyes just riddled with tears and like even after hugs ted kind of gives him a little slap on the shoulder i think everything in that is is it's unspoken and we understand how much they they mean to each other and, and what fair. ted has done to her to, to her and in her life and in her club and everything else so i, I kind of like the simplicity of the scene yeah no that's a good point i mean the actors do a so much good work here that maybe it doesn't need to be said. I mean, it would have been nice that they kissed, you know, 
maybe made out a little <laughs> bit. I think that would have given the audience what they really wanted, but I'm glad they didn't. Mm. Beard and Ted are then in first class, and they've got a lovely little setup where they can stare at each other's faces for what <laughs> I'm going to assume is a 20-hour flight. I don't know. And Ted's like, are we nuts? Uh, we almost won the whole thing, which is very much the conversation in the pilot. He says, are we nuts going across, mm -hmm. you know, to coach a sport we know nothing about? So mm -hmm. once again, this whole episode was full of callbacks. I'm sure we've missed some. Um, and for those oh, for of sure. you that know we've missed some major ones, you can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Um, or if you'd like to compliment us on our good looks, you can also reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> but this is finally where... Did you think Beard was going to go? I was surprised that we got this far with Beard. I was surprised that he did not mention he was staying earlier. Yeah, the idea that he was actually on the plane, and I even kind of made note of it, I think, in my first watch, when they said, like, the doors were closed, and I'm like, oh, okay, Beard is, I guess, going back with uh, with Ted. It didn't seem to make sense, but it was a funny scene. I like how they uh, gave Beard a little bit of a crazy acting sequence, starting to uh, pretend he's oh, him screaming. First. Him screaming was <laughs> incredible. He throws the water in his face, and Ted's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but that seems like a really good start. Um, and Beard's like, listen, I can't leave. I love Jane, mm -hmm. and I want to stay. And we find out his first name is Willis. Ooh, um, that was fun. Which was a good time. I would have guessed his first name started with a B. Uh, he just seems like a person where the first and last name would be the same letter, but uh, that's I just thought it was Coach. Projecting. That's a good point. Coach, Coach Beard. That's, yeah, a that's what really, I thought. I thought it was really a Mario Mario situation. <laughs> lovely 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 he starts screaming brendan hunt does a great job here it's very funny uh, i like this interaction with the stewardess which i think is the same one as when ted sends henry home and mm. she's like do you want to go with your friend to the hospital and he's like nah i'm good and she <laughs> calls him something unkind yeah she doesn't know the context of it i do appreciate that when uh, beard starts screaming here and then he starts holding his side and he says my appendix like lasso says no no no, it's on the other side so other he moves side, his hands to the other side <laughs> that was good listen if you were like hey for a thousand dollars point to where your appendix is i probably wouldn't even be in the right body i'd, I'd point at someone else uh good good for those two mm -hmm. there's a there's a hard music cue tom mm. what, what's going on here Oh, man, this is a, a song that certainly gets me every time. And, and when I first heard this, it made me think of, I think, the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I think they played this song as well, but very famous song by Cat Stevens called Father and Son. So very fitting title, very fitting song if you listen to the lyrics and was just so perfect in this moment for them to kind of do all the montage of all of our characters, what's going on, and then ultimately ending with uh, Ted hugging his son. Oh, Okay. That's interesting. I did not know that this was Cat Stevens. I thought it was Yusef Islam, but um, mm. maybe Cat Stevens covered it. I don't know. We have Rebecca walking through the airport, and who does she run into but one tall, handsome, and earringed Dutch pilot <laughs> yeah. uh, and his daughter, which Rebecca mm -hmm. quickly kidnaps from the airport. I love, like, again, like, very much a meet cute kind of thing at the airport and the odds of this happening are silly, but I love the ending for Rebecca here. And again, 
she's not necessarily here going to be the mother of the club. She's going to be, um, you know, potentially the mother of this, this young girl. And it was beautiful. And I like the, he sees her and doesn't even really know her name. Like, oh, this is a friend of dad's and she has to say Rebecca. And then his response back of Rebecca was just ugh, beautiful. Gets yeah. me now. I love it. Yeah, no, it was a lovely moment. It was a lovely moment. One's got to wonder whether or not that relationship will last if all she's in it is to steal his daughter. But, <laughs> you know, that's kind of the... Listen, boat boat accidents happen. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We just got dark in season four. Oh, I love it, Tom. I love it so much. A gritty detective drama where Rebecca may or may not have offed her new husband in order to become the mother of the daughter. Incredible work, sir. Hey, man. Gazella. Yeah. <laughs> Good callback. Good for you. Ted gets a snow globe. I don't know if you noticed this, but Ted's on an international flight. Once again, I'm going to guess it's a 36-hour flight. He's got nothing in his backpack but the present he got from Keeley. So this gentleman <laughs> is going to be on this flight just shaking that snow globe for 30 <laughs> hours. Um, mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. Get yourself a book, maybe an iPad. I don't know. Anyways, so Ted and Beard have notes for Trent's book, which Trent mm-hmm. then looks at. Oh, it was great. They both have good. very different notes, we'll say. Well, and we've seen Beard, like his coach soccer books and all this kind of stuff, just riddled with different colored post-its. And that's exactly what his little manuscript of Trent's is. Like, I've got notes and it's just riddled with post-its everywhere. Uh, but just so beautiful to see Ted saying, like, you know, he loved the book and the line at the end saying, you know, like everything but the title, it's not about me. It never was. And again, it was just beautiful. Like the show is called Ted Lasso. It certainly is. He is the catalyst and brings all this change to this team and this club and these people that he's around. But I love that sentiment and that idea that it was never about him. It was about the people that that worked and, and brought Richmond to life. Loved right, it. right. No, it was a lovely moment. I do appreciate an author looking at someone who's red penned their work and just being like, I don't have the time. I'm not going to go through Beard's <laughs> version. I'll go through Ted's version. Yeah. Um, we have KBPR um, has has risen from the ashes, much like a phoenix. And well, it's so, KBPR, so it's a new law firm. It's Keely Barb PR, no longer KJ. Oh, Tom, this is why you're here. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Never would have. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'm still interested to know what's in Barb's drawer. That's something they did not solve Ooh, or wrap up. Probably vials it's the of murder blood. weapon. Uh, mm-hmm. The murder weapon. <laughs> uh, it's a staircase. Um, all right. <laughs> There's a deep cut. Good luck to y'all. Uh, Roy is the manager of Richmond, which mm-hmm. you made a comment earlier. Like, hey, had we thought about this a second more, we would have landed at Roy instead of Nate. Great point. Mm-hmm. He is the right choice, even though Beard and Nate are going to be his assistants. I do think that is uh, a good thing. We have a mm-hmm. lovely no- moment here with Nate and his family and Jade all at the Taste of Athens, enjoying that baklava, you know, really mm-hmm. digging in. And this was lovely. All of this is, I, I appreciate when a show does this, um, and and sometimes shows don't, but like just hitting each character and giving me like a satisfactory 
uh, ending. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. watched Six Feet Under, but Six Feet Under did this, where like the last 15 minutes, they just hit every character and kind of let mm-hmm. you know uh, how they were going to end up. And, and it was very satisfying. But Sam is playing on the Nigerian national team, which we know was mm-hmm. his absolute dream. And I thought that mm-hmm. was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. love that. I think we then get a, a cut of Jamie, who's back there with his dad, like sharing pictures and stuff. So dad's in rehab and they're kind of rekindling their relationship, which was which was pretty uh, beautiful as well. Wonderful, wonderful moment for those two, um, because Jamie doesn't lot, have a lot of uh, hairy older men in his life. So <laughs> he's got Roy and his dad now. We have a Higgins barbecue and everyone's mm. showing up. I did notice Actually, now that I think about it, maybe I didn't notice. Were any of the tables a surfboard? Because for Thanksgiving, (laughs) a table, or for Christmas, whatever it was, there was definitely a surfboard table. I Now I want to go back and see whether or not they brought that back. But uh, they have everyone outside. They've got a lot of table space. Everyone's having Mm -hmm. a good time. I love that Higgins has done that for the team. And we find out that the pub crew... Uh, single-handedly between the three of them own one share uh, of the team and then may owns a share uh it's no may it's, owns like a pile right she oh does like she a, oh she okay. like rings and rings of paper worth of uh shares on the table just to stick it to these guys it was pretty funny did you notice the last names of all of the pub crew uh, are all flower names oh was, no i didn't yeah That's if funny. you look at their certificate all of their uh, last names are some sort of like flower related. It's very mm. funny. Um, book signing is happening with Trent. And this mm. is where we have Shannon, the soccer player from the park. She's having her book signed. And we find the title is now, instead of the lasso way, the Richmond way, because mm-hmm. it is about the team. On the very bottom, too, it says uh, a very brief forward from Roy Kent. Roy Kent, yes. <laughs> A very brief. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> Keely is in Rebecca's office and she proposes a Richmond's women's team, a joint mm. venture between her law firm and the Richmond AFC. I don't know how that works. I don't mm-hmm. know what the legality is there. But it's this is surprising. Something- I was going to say, it's kind of surprising there isn't a AFC Richmond women's team already. So I love this kind of idea and concept. Because I think, oh, and I could be wrong here, but I think most of the major uh, Premier League teams have, have women's teams. So I, I like this potential idea for a spinoff as well. That's what I was going to ask, because I didn't know how common it was for Premier League teams to have a um, win, women's counterpart team. But Yeah, if I'm like not mistaken, I believe Chelsea's women's team won this year, so... Next cut is Roy seeing Dr. Sharon, and this is going to make him a better person, less likely to punch Jamie in the mouth every time they like the same woman. <laughs> and uh, it's him asking for help, right? Like it's like right. the, we kind of said earlier about how you can be a better. And then I think as Dr. Sharon's closing the door, you see a little placard on there that says new Richmond head of mental health and emotional well-being. So she she got the job and is now working actually for Richmond, which was cool. Yep, and as it pans out deeper, there's an office next door that says Tish, Team Psychic. Oh, boy. Uh, so they brought them both on staff. So choose your poison, kids. Uh, Beard and Nate are helping Roy hang the new Believe sign that has been taped back together. Looks great. Mm-hmm. I would assume eventually someone's going to spend the money to have that, I don't know, engraved, a, a more permanent 
um, option uh, just plastered into the wall, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. How would you <laughs> rip it down emotionally if it was made of stone? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Speaking of stone, watch this transition, Tom. <laughs> We're at Stonehenge and Beard and Pregnant Jane are getting married and we see everyone there and mm-hmm. everyone's just looking fabulous. Oh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of sharp dressed folks. But yeah, this is where we get Rojas kissing his two ladies, which was a great callback to when he was in his bed with the two women in a previous episode. But we also get a cut to, it took me half a beat, and I think we had to rewind it when me and my wife were watching this in the first go-round. Where Tom, it took me until I read your notes in the outline to understand who this person was. When they focused on them, both me and my spouse were like, why do they focus on that random person? Yeah, super weird. So a really big burly guy with a baby and this, you know, woman in a red dress. But this was in the beard episode. This was the lady in the red dress and then the guy that kind of like chased beard and like beat him up or whatever else happened in that. So a very odd callback to that specific episode. Big dude chasing him ultimately to give him back his phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did. Mm-hmm. He busts down the door. Yep. I Tom. I appreciate you because I had no idea who those two were. I was like, wait, what's going on? I was like, some WWF wrestler paid money to cameo in the Ted Lasso finale? That doesn't make much sense. And he stole the baby. Anyways, Ted arrives at home in a limousine as one does. We see Henry greeting him and they have a lovely moment. And then cut and you can finger gun it, Tom. We have Ted coaching Henry's soccer team. Mm-hmm. And teaching Henry to be a goldfish, uh, even after he misses the goal. So yeah, just that's a, a beautiful line. And then we get not only do we get that that beautiful line from the I think it was a first season episode two when he says that to Sam, but then we get a quick little cut of Lasso actually like looking directly at camera and kind of giving a wink to the audience. Just like it was it was great, and I think it was a very fitting, brilliant end to this story. You can tell these writers knew what they were doing. I think what we have talked about throughout the whole the whole series is I think there's a couple episodes that got away. I think this show struggled when it tried to go too long and focus a little bit more on like some of the social justice stuff. Like I, I think it's there, there's a place and time for it, but I think it was all rushed and didn't really be or just wasn't needed for a lot of these characters. Sure. But I, I loved all the callbacks. This would probably be a very, very fun show to go back and watch. So if you do go back and watch it, Please go check out our back catalog. We did all these deep dive episodes for season one through three. Um, and I had a blast, man. So I'll just say it here, like, thank you again for getting me into this show. You know, this is the reason we started doing podcasts was because of this show and and the idea of being better people. And it was it was lovely. And I enjoyed talking, talking through all these episodes with you. I, I agree. Thank you for your time. Um, and there's... No one I would rather talk about a show about soccer and positivity and forgiveness, which are the themes that I will take from this. It was a warm blanket, even though there were times from like a, I don't know, from like a viewer you could dissect uh, and and like have some criticisms. But mm-hmm. overall, it was a good time. To your point, could we have done like eight episodes in this season and still gotten the same finale? Like they could have mm-hmm. cut out a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but you know, I, I appreciated what they did. It was a lovely time spending time with, with these people. And I think there is something that comes out of like the joy of this cast really seems to 
love each oh, other sure. and get along mm-hmm. and like you see that on not that I spend a whole lot of time on social media but because of our Twitter like I will see it every once in a while not that I have the password cuz Tom took it away from me because there was an incident and I have apologized it's fine I've done some things the justice department the cease and desist doesn't matter you know I you know who was Harvey Dent and and it doesn't matter anyways I won't get into it but uh, I think there is something that comes out of a show where the the cast enjoys each other and just the the joy it is for them to make something and then to watch it um, that I appreciated. And so you and I both love sports and it's fun to have you explain to me, I don't know, seven times what offsides is <laughs> and then finally for me to get it in the finale. So Tom, thank you. We will be back in some way, shape or form. I think right now what we are looking at is the Apple show silo uh which we will be uh, watching and talking about it is uh, a sci-fi show based on a book series which i think i read like one third of but mm-hmm. to tom's point uh if you enjoy us you can listen to us talk about the after party which we will eventually be picking up for season two here tom do you know when that one comes out is it in a month or so uh, I believe it's July 12th, if I have that correctly. But yeah, coming up pretty soonish. Okay, so I would encourage people to watch season one of that. It is a Apple show. It's a good time. In terms of the humor of it all, it is a very funny show. And then things are going to get weird. We will probably be doing Outer Range season two, which is on <laughs> Amazon when that comes out. So... Mm-hmm. Lord knows what hole and what pasture that will lead us to, but we'll be around for that. And mm-hmm. we appreciate all of you that listen to us. For those of you that have rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, we do appreciate that. And then if you have questions, concerns, uh, or comments, you know, we mainly t- like to talk religion and politics in our email. So you can send that to <laughs> us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Always great to hear from. Barrett, Bernard, uh, everyone out there that reaches out, we we do appreciate the feedback. Yeah, for sure. And again, we, you know, we may be done with Lasso here, but I mean, we're certainly not going to abandon the community. Um, please follow us on social media, whether it's Twitter, or Instagram at at Team Binge or at Team Binge Podcast. Uh, we'll we'll still definitely be around and and having fun with the audience on on some of this stuff because it is a fun community. And to your point, a lot of it's. It's, it's entertaining and fun content where a lot of social media can be the opposite, but it seems like the Lasso <laughs> community is What is an understatement. Happy. What an understatement. Yeah. If, yes. you want to side the, if you want to find the positive side of social media, yeah, stick with the Lasso crowd. And hmm. shows like this are important. I think we glommed onto this during like 2020, 2021, when the world was weird. Not that it's not weird now, but it is Hmm. nice to uh, have some positivity in your life. And so, Tom, thank you very much for doing this with me. I know I had to twist your arm uh, in order to, (laughs) but it's been wonderful. And for us at Team Binge, I have been Julian. And I have been Tom, and I will officially close out our Ted Lasso pods with some beautiful lyrics from Mr. Ed Sheeran. Though we've not reached the end, we should take some time apart. Leave here with no regrets, knowing we gave our all. Oh, I cannot pretend that this won't break our hearts. 
but we will meet again. Goodbye, everybody.